Tim Kirchin is here. And, Tim, while you are here, I want to personally thank you. I know how busy you are. Thank you for squeezing me in and welcome in. Uh, my pleasure, Steve. Tim, as when, when baseball got its act together and uh, you know everything got back to where we're going to start playing again, a bunch of players were signed and rosters changed and all that. Given that, did any of those roster changes move the needle for you in terms of teams making themselves better? Well, when we got back, Freddie Freeman signed with the Dodgers, and that gives them, I thought they were maybe the best team in the National League anyway, and now that kind of solidifies it for me that the, the Dodgers are the best team in, in the National League, in fact, the best team in baseball. With Freddie Freeman, their lineup is its ridiculous how good it is. I mean, they, they led the league in runs scored last year, and now they add one of the premier hitters in the game, so they're gonna they're gonna score 900 runs this year, which <laughs> wow. is really saying something. And Freddie Freeman just brings a, a winning attitude and everything else there. So that and you know Carlos Correa going to the Twins, we're not sure for how long, but you know, and I'm not suggesting the Twins are going to the playoffs, but that was a pretty straight, uh, surprising and impactful signing. So. Those were the two after the settlement was reached that I think might make a difference, certainly with the Dodgers. A team that intrigues me, Tim, is the Phillies. And if I'm wrong, it seems like you know they, they may be a better hitting team, but I don't know about their defense. What say you about the Phillies? Well, I really liked what they did. Nick Castellanos is an elite hitter, and Kyle Schwarber had a really good year last year. So you add those two bats to what should be a pretty good lineup anyway, and I think they're going to be a very dangerous offensive team. And they have some real power at the top of their rotation also, but we're not sure about the bullpen, and we're definitely not sure about their defense. Now, Bryson Stott, young guy, he can play shortstop. He can play third. He made the club. We'll see what he's able to do. But they're an intriguing team. Um, they haven't been in the playoffs since 2011. Uh, it's time for them to take a major step forward, and I think they can do it, but only if they catch the ball better than it looks like they're going to. But Joe Girardi is a very defensive-minded manager, and he's going to find a way to catch enough balls to get that team to the playoffs with six teams making it this year. If a baseball fan is watching the game and not having a, a rooting interest in a team, or even if they do, uh, give me some pl some players, you know, Bobby Witt comes to mind, that fans may want to watch for this year to have a breakout year, some young players. Yeah, well, Bobby Witt Jr. is the number one prospect coming to the big leagues this year, and he had a big double on opening day. Uh, he's a can't-miss guy, and that you don't say that too many times about really young players, but there's nothing to suggest that he won't be a great player someday and maybe sooner rather than later. Um, Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners has a real chance to be a top, top player for a long time. He was just so good this spring that they couldn't afford to not keep him. And Spencer Turk. Spencer Torkelson of the uh, of the Tigers is going to get to play pretty much every day at first base, and he's a big time power performer. I think I think they're going to let him go with you know with the DH in the league, of course, 
Uh, Miguel Cabrera can DH every day, and Torkelson can play first. So it's just another season with just tremendous quality young players coming in who are ready when they get there, bigger, stronger, and more athletic than pretty much any time we've ever seen. Uh, do you like oh, – let me ask about the rules in general, Tim. Universal DH, you know, runner at second base, and now the possible use of this electronics to, you know, put uh, uh, signals into the pitcher. Are you in favor of those things? Well, not really, but I will tell you, <laughs> I did the game last night in Atlanta, and I had a long talk with David Bell, the manager of the Reds, and Brian Snitker of the Braves. Brian Snitker's team has not – you know, embrace this yet, thinking this is too much technology. We're going to we're gonna put fingers down back there. It's an easier, better way to do it. And yet the Reds have said that it's, it's a good idea. They, it seems to be working for them. And the goal, if nothing else, is to maybe quicken the pace of play. Because David Bell told us that, you know, the catcher can, like, automatically send the, the next pitch to the pitcher as the ball is being thrown back to him. And if that quickens the pace, then I'm all for it. But, frankly, I think we have too much technology as it is, and it bothers me a little bit that not all the infielders or all the outfielders know what pitch is coming. Only only select few, three of them, are going to have the transmitter in their hat to know what the pitch is and everything else. So I think it's too much, but I'm surprised. How many teams have embraced it so far? Tim Kirchner from ESPN, our guest. Of course, he covers Major League Baseball. Tim, is is there a team or two that didn't make the playoffs last year that, in your mind, could make the playoffs this year? Well, the Phillies are certainly one of them. Um, the Padres are another team that had the best record in baseball last year after 50 games, and then just fell apart, and they're off to a, a tough start, not just with the way they lost last night, but Fernando Tatis is going to start on the DL. But you can't count out the Padres with starting pitching and now the bullpen help that they've picked up. Um, so th- those are certainly two teams. And, again, I like what Detroit has done in the off season, and they just got Austin Meadows from the Rays. I'm not saying that they're going to make the playoffs, but uh, they're a much-improved team, so are the Royals. And the Mariners almost made the playoffs last year, and I think they are a better team than they were last year when they almost made it. And certainly the Blue Jays, who almost made it last year, I think have a chance to be much better this year, and I would be surprised if they didn't make the playoffs with six teams from each league. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, last two things, you're, you're listening or you're talking to a Rays audience here. We're going to broadcast the game here in about an hour. Um, they just continue to march on and do their thing, assess the race for me. Yeah, they, they've had some injury issues in their bullpen. Pete Fairbanks uh, is down for a while, and that's a big blow because that guy's really good. But they always seem to find a way, injuries or not. They have so many good young arms in their bullpen and in their rotation. Uh, they've got Wander Franco for an entire season. They have a really good defense. The way they play the game, they play it basically better than anyone else. So there's no reason to think they're not going to make the playoffs. I know some friends of mine in the business have picked them not to make the playoffs. I I don't see that. I don't think they're going to win 100 games like they did last year. But bottom line is they do things really well. 
and uh, especially pitch. And by October, they'll be playing. I'm pretty sure of that. Final question, Tim. Um, you know, with all the negotiation that was going on and the back and forth between the owners and the players, there was a lot of acrimony. And yes, they've come to a five-year agreement, but that's going to go fast. I mean, before you know it, it's going to be up for grabs again. How much of this lingers? Do you think this is, okay, we got it, we got a deal, we forget it, we move on, or does this linger on? Are there problems down the road that we could have still? Well, certainly. These two sides aren't exactly close, but they did get a deal done, and who knows what the game is going to look like five years from now. Who knows who the lead negotiator is going to be for both sides. There's no guarantee the people who put this deal together are going to put the next one together. I I just sensed a gigantic sense of relief in spring training this year from everyone I spoke to that, thank goodness we got this done. It wasn't a perfect deal for either side, but it was good enough. And as long as we play 162 games, everything's going to be fine. Baseball always takes care of itself. Always a pleasure to have you, Tim. Look forward to talking to you once in a while here as the season progresses. Let's hope it goes well. Always appreciate your time. Thank you. Okay, my pleasure. Bye-bye. You got it, Tim. Tim Kirchin covers MLB for ESPN, ESPN.com.